desire not preference do not suppress desire because then you would become lifeless you would be without energy and that would be terrible desire in the healthy sense of the word is energy and the more energy we have the better but don't suppress desire understand it understand it don't seek to fulfill desire so much as to understand desire and don't just renounce the objects of your desire understand them see them in their true light see them for what they are really worth because if you just suppress your desire and you attempt to renounce the object of your desire you are likely to be tied to it whereas if you look at it and see it for what it is really worth if you understand how you are preparing the grounds for misery and disappointment and depression your desire will then be transformed into what i call a preference when you go through life with preferences but don't let your happiness depend on any one of them then you're awake you are moving toward wakefulness wakefulness happiness call it what you wish is a state of non-delusion where you see things not as you are but as they are in so far as this is possible for a human being to drop illusions to see things to see reality every time you are unhappy you have added something to reality it is that addition that makes you unhappy i repeat you have added something a negative reaction in you reality provides the stimulus you provide the reaction you have added something by your reaction and if you examine what you have added there is always an illusion there there is a demand an expectation a craving always examples of illusions abound but as you begin to move ahead on this path you will discover them for yourself for instance the illusion the error of thinking that by changing the exterior world you will change you do not change if you merely change your exterior world if you get yourself a new job or a new spouse or a new home or a new guru or a new spirituality that does not change you it's like imagining that you that you change your handwriting by changing your pen or that you change your capacity to think by changing your hat that doesn't change you really but most people spend all their energies trying to rearrange their exterior world to suit their tastes something they succeed for about 5 minutes and they get a little respite but they are tense even during that respite because life is always flowing life is always changing so if you want to live you must have no permanent abode you must have no place to rest your head you have to flow with it as the great confucius said the one who would be constant in happiness must frequently change flow but we keep looking back don't we we cling to things in the past and cling to things in the present when you set your hand to the plow you cannot look back do you want to enjoy a melody do you want to enjoy a symphony don't hold on to a few bars of the music 
don't hold on to a couple of notes let them pass let them flow the whole enjoyment of a symphony lies in your readiness to allow the notes to pass whereas if a particular bar took your fancy and you shouted to the orchestra keep playing it again and again and again that wouldn't be a symphony anymore are you familiar with those tales of nasiruddin the old mullah he's a legendary figure whom the greeks turks and persians all claim for themselves he would give his mystical teachings in the form of stories generally funny stories and the butt of the story was always old nasiruddin himself one day nasiruddin was strumming a guitar playing just one note after a while a crowd collected around him this was in a marketplace and one of the men sitting on the ground there said that's a nice note you're playing mulla but why don't you vary it a bit the the way other musicians do those fools nasiruddin said they are searching for the right note i have found it hugging memories that brings me to another theme another topic but this new topic ties in very much with what i've been saying and with my suggestion of becoming aware of all the things we add to reality let's take this one step at a time ajasvi was telling me the other day how years ago he gave a talk in new york where puerto ricans were very unpopular at the time because of some incident everybody was saying all kinds of things against them so in in his talk he said let me read to you some of the things that the people in new york were saying about certain immigrants what he read to them was actually what people had said about the irish and about the germans and about every other wave of immigrants that had come to new york years before he put it very well when he said these people don't bring delinquency with them they become delinquent when they are faced with certain situations here we've got to understand them if you want to cure the situation it's useless reacting from prejudice you need understanding not condemnation that is how you bring about change in yourself not by condemnation not by calling yourself names but by understanding what's going on not by calling yourself a dirty old sinner no 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 in order to get awareness you've got to see and you've got to see and you can't see if you're prejudiced almost everything and every person we look at we look at it in a prejudiced way it's almost enough to dishearten anybody like meeting a lost long lost friend hey tom i say it's good to see you and i give him a big hug who am i hugging tom or my memory of him a living human being or a corpse i'm assuming that he's still the attractive guy i thought he was i'm assuming he still fits with in with the idea i have of him and with my memories and associations so i give him a hug 5 minutes later i find that he's changed and i have no more interest in him i hugged the wrong person If you want to see how true this is listen a religious sister from india goes out to make a retreat 
everybody in the community is saying oh we know that that's part of her charism she's always attending workshops and going to retreats nothing will ever ever change her now it so happens that the sister does change at this particular workshop or therapy group or whatever it is she changes everyone notices the difference everyone says my you have really come to some insights haven't you she has and they can see the difference in her behavior in her body in her face you always do when there is an inner change it always registers in your face in your eyes in your body well the sister goes back to her community and since the community has a prejudiced fixed idea about her they are going to continue to look at her through the eyes of their prejudice they are the only ones who don't see any change in her the only they're o- they are the only ones who don't see any change in her they say oh well she seems a little more spirited but just wait she'll be depressed again and within a few weeks she is depressed again she's reacting to their reaction and they all say see we told you so she hadn't changed but the tragedy is that she had only they didn't see it perception has devastating consequences in the matter of love and human relationships whatever a relationship may be it certainly entails two things clarity of perception in as much as we are capable of it some people would dispute to what extent we can attain clarity of perception but i don't think anyone would dispute that it is desirable that we move toward it and accuracy of response you're more likely to respond accurately when you perceive clearly when your perception is distorted you're not likely to respond accurately how can you love someone whom you do not even see do you really see someone you're attached to do you really see someone you're afraid of and therefore dislike we always hate what we fear the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom people say to me sometimes but wait a minute i hope they understand what they're saying because we always hate what we fear we always want to destroy and get get rid of and avoid what we fear when you fear somebody you dislike that person you dislike that person in so far as you fear that person and you don't see that person either because your emotion gets in the way now that's just as true when you are attracted to someone when true love enters you no longer like or even dislike people in the ordinary sense of the word of the word you see them clearly and you respond accurately but at this human level your likes and dislikes and preferences and attractions etc continue to get in the way so you have to be aware of your prejudices your likes your dislikes your attractions they are all there they come from your conditioning how come you like things that i don't like because your culture is different from mine your upbringing is different from mine if i gave you some of the things to eat that i relish you turn away in disgust there are people in certain parts of india who love dog flesh yet others if they were told they were being served dog steak would feel sick why different conditioning different programming hindus would feel sick if they knew 
they had eaten beef but americans enjoy it you ask but why won't they eat beef for the same reason you won't eat your pet dog the same reason the cow to the indian peasant is what your pet dog is to you he doesn't want to eat it there is a built-in culture cultural prejudice against it which saves an animal that's needed so much for farming etc so why do i fall in love with a person really why is it that i fall in love with one kind of person and not another because i'm conditioned i've got an image subconsciously that this particular type of person appeals to me attracts me so when i meet this person i fall head over heels in love but have i seen her no i'll see her after i marry her that's when the awakening comes and that's when love may begin but falling in love has nothing to do with love at all it isn't love it's desire burning desire you want with all your heart to be told by this adorable creature that you are attractive to her that gives you a tremendous sensation meanwhile everybody else is saying what the hell does he see in her but it's his conditioning he's not seeing they say that love is blind believe me there's nothing so clear sighted as true love nothing it's the most clear sighted thing in the world addiction is blind attachments are blind clinging craving and desire are blind but not true love don't call them love but of course the word has been desecrated in most modern languages people talk about making love and falling in love like the little boy who says to the little girl have you ever fallen in love and she answers no but i've fallen in like so what are people talking about when they fall in love the first thing we need is clarity of perception one reason we don't perceive people clearly is evident our emotions get in the way our conditioning our likes and dislikes we've got to grapple with that fact but we've got to grapple with something much more fundamental with our ideas with our conclusions with our concepts believe it or not every concept that was meant to help us get in touch with reality ends up by being a barrier to get to getting in touch with reality because sooner or later we forget that the words are not the thing the concept is not the same as the reality they are different that's why i said to you earlier that the final barrier to finding god is the word god itself and the concept of god it gets in the way if you are not careful it was meant to be a help it can be a help but it can also be a barrier hugging memories that brings me to another theme another topic but this new topic ties in very much with what i've been saying and with my suggestion of becoming aware of all the things we add to reality let's take this one step at a time ajasvi was telling me the other day how years ago he gave a talk in new york where puerto ricans were very unpopular at the time because of some incident everybody was saying all kinds of things against them 
So in in his talk he said, "Let me read to you some of the things that the people in New York were saying about certain immigrants." What he read to them was actually what people had said about the Irish and about the Germans and about every other wave of immigrants that had come to New York years before. He put it very well when he said, "These people don't bring delinquency with them. They become delinquent when they are faced with certain situations here. We've got to understand them. If you want to cure the situation, it's useless reacting from prejudice." You need understanding, not condemnation. That is how you bring about change in yourself. Not by condemnation, not by calling yourself names, but by understanding what's going on. Not by calling yourself a dirty old sinner. No, no, no. In order to get awareness, you've got to see. And you've got to see, and you can't see if you're prejudiced. Almost everything and every person we look at we look at it in a prejudiced way it's almost enough to dishearten anybody like meeting a long lost friend hey tom i say it's good to see you and i give him a big hug who am i hugging tom or my memory of him a living human being or a corpse i'm assuming that he's still the attractive guy i thought he was i'm assuming he still fits with in with the idea I have of him and with my memories and associations so I give him a hug 5 minutes later I find that he's changed and I have no more interest in him I hugged the wrong person If you want to see how true this is listen A religious sister from India goes out to make a retreat Everybody in the community is saying Oh we know that that's part of her charism she's always attending workshops and going to retreats nothing will ever ever change her now it so happens that the sister does change at this particular workshop or therapy group or whatever it is she changes everyone notices the difference everyone says my you have really come to some insights haven't you she has and they can see the difference in her behavior in her body and her face you always do when there is an inner change it always registers in your face in your eyes in your body well the sister goes back to her community and since the community has a prejudiced fixed idea about her they are going to continue to look at her through the eyes of their prejudice they are the only ones who don't see any change in her the only they're they are the only ones who don't see any change in her they say oh well she seems a little more spirited but just wait she'll be depressed again and within a few weeks she is depressed again she's reacting to their reaction and they all say see we told you so she hadn't changed but the tragedy is that she had only they didn't see it perception has devastating consequences in the matter of love and human relationships Whatever a relationship may be, it certainly entails two things: clarity of perception. In as much as we are capable of it, some people would dispute to what extent we can attain clarity of perception. But I don't think anyone would dispute that it is desirable that we move toward it. And accuracy of response. You are more likely to respond accurately 
when you perceive clearly when your perception is distorted you are not likely to respond accurately how can you love someone whom you do not even see do you really see someone you are attached to do you really see someone you are afraid of and therefore dislike we always hate what we fear the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom people say to me sometimes but wait a minute i hope they understand what they are saying because we always hate what we fear we always want to destroy and get get rid of and avoid what we fear when you fear somebody you dislike that person you dislike that person in so far as you fear that person and you don't see that person either because your emotion gets in the way now that's just as true when you are attracted to someone when true love enters you no longer like or even dislike people in the ordinary sense of the word of the word you see them clearly and you respond accurately but at this human level your likes and dislikes and preferences and attractions etc continue to get in the way so you have to be aware of your prejudices your likes your dislikes your attractions they are all there they come from your conditioning how come you like things that i don't like because your culture is different from mine your upbringing is different from mine if i gave you some of the things to eat that i relish you turn away in disgust there are people in certain parts of india who love dog flesh yet others if they were told they were being served dog steak would feel sick why different conditioning different programming hindus would feel sick if they knew they had eaten beef but americans enjoy it you ask but why won't they eat beef for the same reason he won't eat your pet dog the same reason the cow to the indian peasant is what your pet dog is to you he doesn't want to eat it there is a built-in culture cultural prejudice against it which saves an animal that's needed so much for farming etc so why do i fall in love with a person really why is it that i fall in love with one kind of person and not another because i'm conditioned i've got an image subconsciously that this particular type of person appeals to me attracts me so when i meet this person i fall head over heels in love but have i seen her no i'll see her after i marry her that's when the awakening comes and that's when love may begin but falling in love has nothing to do with love at all it isn't love it's desire burning desire you want with all your heart to be told by this adorable creature that you are attracted to her that gives you a tremendous sensation meanwhile everybody else is saying what the hell does he see in her but it's his conditioning he's not seeing they say that love is blind believe me there's nothing so clear sighted as true love nothing it's the most clear sighted thing in the world addiction is blind attachments are blind clinging craving and desire are blind but not true love don't call them love but of course the word has been desecrated in most modern languages people talk about making love and falling in love 
like the little boy who says to the little girl have you ever fallen in love and she answers no but i've fallen in like so what are people talking about when they fall in love the first thing we need is clarity of perception one reason we don't perceive people clearly is evident our emotions get in the way our conditioning our likes and dislikes we have got to grapple with that fact but we've got to grapple with something much more fundamental with our ideas with our conclusions with our concepts believe it or not every concept that was meant to help us get in touch with reality ends up by being a barrier to get to getting in touch with reality because sooner or later we forget that the words are not the thing the concept is not the same as the reality they are different that's why i said to you earlier that the final barrier to finding god is the word god itself and the concept of god it gets in the way if you are not careful it was meant to be a help it can be a help but it can also be a barrier